Welcome to the C12 Podcast. C12 is a college and young adult ministry where 20-somethings at 12 Stone Church gather on Thursday nights. We hope you are encouraged and guided by today's message. Welcome to C12. We are so glad that you're here. Uh, I want to invite uh, some of my friends on up. Uh, Matt and Lisa, can you guys give it up for them as they uh, come to the stage? Matt is coming up on his crutches. Uh play a little bit of a uh, this or that uh, edition. Uh, and, and tonight we're kind of continuing uh, a little bit of our uh, conversation centered around the theme of joy. And we thought it'd just be fitting as we kind of enter a little bit of a, uh, a Christmas uh, season uh, as Matt kind of hobbles to his chair. Uh, I feel like you got you to tell him the story, the, the cool story of Listen, how you're on crutches. I've been working on my dunking and uh, I tried to take off from the free throw line. I made the dunk. But uh, then I came down and tore my... It's the Nerf one in your house, isn't it? Yeah, it's it the... is the Nerf one. Um, <laughs> no, it's way less cool than that. Uh, big knee surgery 10 years ago, ACL, MCL, meniscus, had big surgery. And then a few years ago, I was playing soccer, and I heard a pop. And it was a meniscus tear that I didn't find out about till this year. So, had a surgery. Here we are. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you guys are here. Uh, we're, we're really pumped that you guys are joining us. You got it. Uh, we are entering our last two weeks, uh, and we're going over topics of joy and peace, and we figured that we just kind of uh, uh, kick off with a little bit of a, a Q&A conversation for the rest of the night. And uh, and, and you guys are uh, 31, 30. <laughs> I thought I'd aim low. I thought it'd be better. You are aiming low. Uh, okay. Lisa's mic's not working. Uh, Tyler? What? Check. check, check, check. There it is. We are both 35. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, I'd yeah. Aim, aim low. It's better. Mm-hmm. Better yeah, aim low. Absolutely. Yeah. Who do you think is older, yes. me or Lisa? <laughs> Who do you think is older? Me? You think me? Uh, older and Lisa, wiser here. Lisa's actually older. She's actually older. Three so. months. <laughs> Three months. Well, we wanted to kind of pull from your uh, wisdom of uh, 35 years old. Um, and uh, let's look at the last decade of, uh, of your guys' life. And uh, you guys have lived the young adult years. Um, uh, and, and if it's your first time at C12, uh, we just always say welcome home. And uh, we're a ministry of anyone that's a, that is a young adult. And, and we figure that we just sit down with people who have kind of walked through that stage of their life and who've walked through singleness dating and marriage and and uh, how you've had to fight and choose joy uh, in all those seasons. And so uh, to kind of kick off tonight, we just want to get to know you a little bit. Tell us about uh, just sure. uh, who, who you are, fun fact, and putting you on the spot uh, before you, your hot takes question, because we want to know that one too. Mm. Uh, but just tell okay. us a little bit about uh, who you are. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, my name is Matt. I serve as the campus pastor at our Brazelton campus. Anyone go to the Brazelton campus? Yes, yes. Um we have three kids, uh, a five-year-old, an almost three-year-old, and a newborn, and uh, we, we've been back in Georgia for about two years. Before that, we did ministry in San Francisco for six and a half years, and then before that, Lisa actually worked here uh, at 12 Stone, and, and she was in yes, the residency. I was a resident yep. many, many moons ago, worship resident at Flowery Branch Campus. Anybody go to the Flowery Branch Campus? Yes, yes. Yeah? We were way more enthusiastic for Brazelton, which I'm okay with. We got to work on that. Uh, What's a fun fact about you, Lisa? Uh, I'm not fun. (laughs) You are so fun. He's the fun one. Um, Well, I my go-to fun fact is that I love Golden Girls. Like I actually love them. I watch all of them. I have all seven seasons on DVD. Does anyone know what the Golden Girls are? Let's okay. There we go. I feel like it's kind of trendy, but like I actually. I loved them before they were a thing. <laughs> sure. I guess a fun fact about me, this is usually my go-to one, and it's 
uh, in line with the fact that I'm on crutches. I've broke, broken, broken, broke, broken over 10 bones in my life. Yeah, a lot of them. I was accident prone when I was younger. With the crutches coming up. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's it. Uh, well, we want to know your hot take. What is, what is your, what is your like, like, go-to hot take? My hot take was into this or that. Uh, like, my hot take is that eggnog is horrible. You know, I, I, I hate eggnog. It's the worst drink on the planet. If I had to not eat for 40 days or drink eggnog, I would not eat for 80 days. Like, I, I, don't, I don't care. I, I hate it that much. Uh, Did I want you to know plan your hot that joke? Because it was really good. Yeah, I thought about it all yeah, week. Yeah, that was, was really good. I thought about it all week. <laughs> uh, but I want to know your hot take. Like, what, what, what is your hot take? Yeah, I stand by this. Uh, there is one correct way to load a dishwasher, and it is my way. And I know this because I've seen many people load dishwashers, including you. How close am I to your way? Like, pretty close, uh, like almost there. Well, you know, eight years in, you're getting closer, but we're still got a long ways to go. But it is my way, and I will go to bat for it. I just throw the crap in there and turn it on. Like, there's no rhythm, there's no rhyme. Is anyone else like this? Like, you're, you're like me? Who, who else is like Lisa? Like, it's meticulous, and it's like, oh, it's all this. Yes, oh. there is strategy involved with this, people. Um, okay, hot take from me. This is going to be very serious, very important. Cereal-related. Does anyone uh, eat cereal? Uh, are you in the morning? Cereal in the morning? Raise your hand. Or cereal at night before you go to bed? Both. Two bowls a day. Nice. What's your go-to cereal? Ha! <laughs> yes. We talked about this a little bit. Where are you going to go? We missed that. <laughs> Let's hang did not plan this. Um, okay, two hot takes. My hot take, don't ever do high fives on yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, okay, my first one was going to be, my hot take is Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the best cereal of all time. Thank you, thank you. Uh, second hot take is if I have to uh, do something different, and I might go Lucky Charms, and the only way... The only way to eat Lucky Charms is to eat all the non-marshmallows first, and then you just have the spoonfuls of the marshmallows after that. Right? Right, right, right? That's my hot take, man. That's so long. Like, it's a, such a... Was it supposed to be shorter? No, she... no, 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 not the hot Wait. take. It's just a long like, time eating cereal. Oh, like, okay, I... okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Not the... Because we Googled what hot take meant on the way here, so <laughs> FYI. Uh, and by we, Lisa did. She Googled it. What is I it wanted mean? to be prepared for you all. <laughs> Well, we are, uh, like I said, really glad uh, that you guys are here uh, joining us tonight and just kind of going over uh, the, the topic of joy. And uh, it seems like a pretty simple topic until you get down to the, the nitty gritties of like, like kind of like just life semantics and, and how to fight for joy uh, in every season of your life, because some seasons are harder than others. And so uh, I'm going to ask questions that kind of pertain to uh, some specific examples. I might go deeper with some. And, uh, but I just kind of want to start off and just kind of level the playing field of um, sometimes joy and happy uh, get used interchangeably. Uh, what, what is the difference between uh, like joy from a biblical sense uh, versus just being happy? Yeah, uh, we've, been, we've been thinking about this and asking, talking with a few people, looking at some scripture um, just to kind of get our heads back into, you know, what we really think about that question and, and kind of something we, we read, talked about, and then through conversations where we're starting with that is uh, one of the things that's different between joy and happiness is happiness is very circumstantial and joy is deeper and it's more enduring and it is, um, it's not that circumstances don't matter, but it's that 
you've generated something deeper that can't be shaken through circumstances. Um, and so that's kind of where we started. I don't know if you want to add anything onto that. Yeah, what, what are the moments in your life where you feel like, uh, you know, that you've traded joy for happiness? Um, when you were a young adult and, and you look back, sometimes it's, it, it's, it's hard for us to admit it. But when we look back through seasons, you're like, ah, no, I definitely chose to try to, to chase the, the next thrill, the next happy, the next thing that would maybe uh, uh, please me. Uh, and so uh, what are maybe the moments that you chose to, tr- to trade uh, joy, like true joy, for just the next happy? Uh, how did you, what did you learn from, from that uh, stage in your life? I can go. Okay. Yep. You can go. Um, yeah, I think... Uh I have some family of origin baggage and issues that I've had to work through, through counseling and all of those things. And um, I think in a season where I was getting older and people get married young in the South, and I was like, where's where's my husband, you know? Um, I was tying, God started showing me that I was just trying to get attention from guys. And Um, Not that going on dates with great Christian guys is a bad thing at all, but for me, I was chasing um, attention and the happiness and the fulfillment of being seen and being known, and now in hindsight, seeing God had something much deeper and richer for me. Um, You're referring to me? (laughs) Yep. Unfortunately, I about that, so... (laughs) You're talking about me. <laughs> but yeah, um, more so the obedience, really, of just like waiting and letting letting God heal me. But um, yeah, it took me a while to slow down and uh, to choose the, um, yeah, I mean, inevitably the joy um, over the momentary happiness of going on dates and being seen, especially in those single years. So. Can I go back to joy and happiness for a second and just like, can we camp there? Because there, there is something, joy is a fruit of the spirit. So uh, what's that quote that, it's my phone here. Um, joy is not a requirement for the Christian life. It's, uh, it's a consequence of it. It's, it's as you're following Christ, as you're immersing yourself in your followership of Christ, uh, the Holy Spirit's generating a joy in you. And if you're not immersing yourself in the things of God and the truth of God and Scripture and prayer and community, uh, in all the things that cultivate a healthy spiritual life, when stuff hits the fan and circumstances are rough, you can't just say, I'm going to turn on the joy meter now because you haven't been cultivating it through obedience to the Holy Spirit. And so I, uh, I stumbled, not stumbled, I, 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 I uh, ugh, sorry. Um, I read the Bible and here's what I found. Here's what I mean. I read the Bible and you have to steep yourself in the promises of God. Like, like we sang it earlier, I am standing on every promise that you made. And if you're not standing on the promises of God, uh, immersing yourself in what they are, what that is, what that means for your life, what God might be doing when things are good, what God might be doing when things are bad, the truth of scripture, you don't have anything to stand on to access joy. And so I actually wanted to read uh, some scripture and just to catch like happiness is, I hope this thing happens and it happens and I'm happy. Well, happy, happy's not bad. (laughs) Like 
I think God has a measure of happiness for you, but joy is the deeper thing. How do you get to the deeper thing? Well, it's you've got to you've got to immerse in the deeper things of God, and there. Uh, this is so good, and it's just going to be like a, a little bit of scripture, but I just want you to catch this because all of this is where joy comes from. It's in First Peter, and, and just catch what Peter's saying. He's saying, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And it gets better. This is our hope. This is our joy. This is the promise that we stand on, right? Not only that, not only has he given us a living hope, also into an inheritance that can never perish or spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you and for me, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. There's more. It's really good, but I'm going to skip a few of them and get to verse 8. He says this, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. That's, that's living a life of faith, right? That's immersing in the things of God. You don't see him, but you're following him. And are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving right now the end result of your faith, the salvation of your soul. And it's like, whoa, where does joy come from? It's that I put that in my head all the time because that's true. And so it's like, how does joy come out of like your followership with Christ? It's you immerse yourself in these truths, and then you get to receive uh, the end result of your faith, which is the salvation of your soul that starts now, right? It's an inexpressible joy that's full of glory. So I just, I wanted to camp there for a second, because it's like, happy is just like, it's just like, I'm drinking a milkshake from Chick-fil-A, man, I'm happy. Like, it's good. You know what I mean? But joy is so deep, it keeps your feet planted on a foundation, right? So that's, that's where we launch out from as Christians. You yeah, know? I, I love the separation of that. Joy is in a, in, in a deeper sense. Um, and, 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 it, and every season, there's things that have the, the um, it seems like it has the ability to rob you of your joy. Uh, like what are, what are maybe the common like enemies of joy? Uh, things that like, at, you know, that you walk through like as a young adult and you're like, these are the things that, that kept coming up. These are the enemies of my joy, uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, or maybe it varied through different seasons, but what were those uh, for you? Yeah, I had an answer for this and now I have a new one. Um, I think the thing that has been the most recent enemy for me um, has just been this season of um, being um, not seen. And right now I'm in a season, um, I've been doing ministry, I'm a pastor as well, and I did the residency. And in this past season, since we've been back, I've been at home with the kids and I'm a pastor's wife, which is a great thing. But for me, it was really, really difficult um, moving here and not knowing anyone and then having this label and title. And and I wanted so badly just to shout to the room, no, 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 this is who I am. And I think it's taken me a long time to settle in my soul who God says that I am. And um, I think the thing that tries almost daily to rob me of that peace and of the joy of what I have in the season is the lie that I need to tell other people who I think I am or who I want to be instead of just like 
resting and being content in what God has for me. And in that, I find joy. In that, I find, oh yeah, I don't have to tell anyone anything. I just have to like listen to you and I just have to be obedient today. Not tomorrow, not five years from now, just today in this moment while I'm wiping my kids butt you know or whatever it is like she usually says a cuss word when she says that but I told her not to cuss I know I'm holding back here um but truly I mean I think that has been um that is the thing right now in this season that um I'm I'm fighting you know and and it is a battle so let me go deeper with that because what like what are the things that you like I want to like practically what you do like in those moments like what do you practice what do you cultivate uh in the season where hey maybe there's people like in this room that feel like you know what my my calling or or maybe things feel like they're on standby uh so how do I actually still fight to to actually be grateful have gratitude and choose joy like what do you practice that cultivates that Yeah, well, first of all, I'm not great at it, so I should preface that. Um, I think it's really helpful when you know yourself. Um, I love personality assessments. I I just love learning about the wiring of people, and particularly myself. But I know now, 35 years in, I know my spiritual pathway to God, and that's worship. And so when I'm home alone, I'm turning on worship music. And um, I know some podcasts that help, fill, is exactly what you're saying, like help fill my mind with the right kind of things. And then the other thing is just confession. Um, commu- God designed us to live in community. And in my isolation, I just go down the wrong path. And in my confession, I am set free to really be rooted in what I know to be true. Um, it brings me back. So, And honestly, you know, part of the last thing I'll say is um, my wiring is external processing. And Matt says not, by the way. So that's real fun for us. But, um, but yeah, sometimes I just need to process like, man, I feel this way and I want this because I think this is going to make me happy. But really, uh, now that I'm saying it, <laughs> that's not right. That is not truth. That is not the truth that I stand on. This is the truth. And so just the, the act of confession and having those people to listen and to ask me questions, hold me accountable, is uh, essential for me. You know, confession, yeah, super important. And confession comes after sin, you know. So, like, something that will actively try to rob you of joy, steal away joy, is sin. So, like, if you... Um, and I'm not saying you need to go be perfect, but if you've got like unrepentant places in your life that, that you're just not surrendering to God or um, things that you're just really struggling to get past sin-wise and you haven't brought community in, you haven't confessed, you haven't um, done the things to try to take advantage of all the like all of God's framework to help you fight sin, God doesn't expect you to be perfect, uh, but... Uh, what are you doing to try to fight sin? Sin will rob your joy. I mean, sin will uh, truly like send you down a path. All sin leads to death, and it's not like it's not like Jesus paid for that. But there's still some consequences in your soul, uh, so that'll steal your joy. And um, I think even things like you know, unprocessed with God and with healthy counselors, like baggage and trauma from your past. If you've like stuffed that down and not taken it to God, taken it to community, and taken it to a counselor when necessary, 
um, yeah, that can have an effect on, on your day-to-day kind of joy meter. You know what I mean? So just a couple things to add. So how do you work through, like, when you um – because at least you hit on this too, like coming from, you know, family that has, you know, baggage and things like that. And, and uh, what did you practically do to like, you know, what, I got to work through this and it's going to take some time. Um, and I might, yeah, Matt's laughing. I might be like, I don't know if this is a, a good route to take or a bad route, but I already said the question. So we're going there. Um, we're about to go all the way down the rabbit hole. Okay. Alex. Awesome. Um, and, uh, but, but I want to know what, you know, uh, like practically what you do, because there's sometimes like, I know that I come from a a family that like, man, my, my family stuff is horrible or, uh, there is like generational sin. And uh, sometimes we get stuck, uh, as a young adult of like, I don't know how to break that cycle or I don't know actually what to do with it. I'm aware that I have it, but I don't know what to do moving forward. Uh, what did you do that actually helped you move forward? You got more family baggage than me. So go, uh, I went to counseling. I um, what, what a compliment! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I so I when I graduated college, um, God called me to go. This sounds ridiculous, but it's true. God called me to be a missionary in the Bahamas for a couple of years, and um, what a terrible place to serve! I know all the jokes, but actually, it was a very trying time for me. It was very isolating. I lived on a little tiny island that was like seven miles long and not even a mile wide, and um, and was there doing the work of the kingdom by myself. And that was probably the lowest point with my family um, because my parents were very against that decision and cut me off financially and in all the ways, and. Um, and actually, it was there that uh, I found joy, I would say. Um, and I didn't go to counseling until I came back to stateside, but um, that season was really, really painful for me because the people who were supposed to support me in life uh, were not, and they were doing everything against what I felt like God was calling me. And um, and so the first thing that I did, you know, it all I feel like the spiritual journey gets really murky sometimes with emotional health, and it just can, for me, it was really tangled, um, especially since my parents claim to be Christians. And so I think the first really true step of like, oh man, no one in my family's ever gone to counseling. I know that kind of has some negative connotations sometimes, but for me, I made that step, and it was really very helpful just to process. Again, I'm an external processor um, and have people ask me the hard questions. And that doesn't have to be a counselor always, you know, find the people who will ask you the things you don't want to hear because that leads to something that leads to life. Um, But yeah, for me, for me, it was counseling. Yeah. And and, and I'm going to kind of pivot gears a little bit into just more the finding and choosing joy through relationships, whether it be inside dating or, or marriage. And uh, and because you guys are married, you guys know each other uh, better than anybody. And I've uh, given you some time to think on, on this question, but there's this TikTok trend going around. It's ics about each other. How many of you guys have you've seen that? Uh, if you haven't seen it, um, uh, they're going to do it here in a second. But I thought I'd just show you a little video of, of, of what this looks like when people do ics about each other. Check it out. All right, so you can start your ics about me. All right, so my first ick for you is probably your clothes situation in our room. Okay. Um, how Devin, so Devin just, when, wherever she takes her clothes off, that's where they land. And that's where they stay for usually about a week. Yeah. 
Maybe 35 bucks. I will say, I will say, you've got to give it to me. We talked, had the conversation about not leaving one floor. Yeah. Now they're not on the floor. I should put them on the dresser. They're on the, no, they're not just on the dresser. They are, there's a huge pile on the dresser. They're also on the bed. They are on the little mini dresser in the closet. Okay. They are on the basket that has supposed to be the pillows for our bed. Um, okay, we got, we get down there. Okay, but hey, it's not the floor. It's not the floor. So my it leading into that about you would be that, why can't you ever just be messy some days? You know, I feel like it's always the other way around. It's the guy that's messy and the girl's like, clean up your stop. But in this case, it's like, because I feel like, I'm like, he probably thinks I'm a slob because here's the reason why is I watch out, I, I watch out for later, Hunter. You know, like, why don't I just go ahead and do this now so I don't have to do it later? When I take my clothes off, I put them back where they go, or I put them in the dirty clothes. Instead of leaving them on the floor, then having to be like, ugh, later, I gotta pick these clothes up that I already had in my hand. But in the moment of just taking the clothes off and leaving them right where they land, it's just like my mind is shut off. I can't, like, I just like me like, to the house. See, my mind doesn't so I'm magnetized to where I'm going. See, I work until the job's done, baby. Okay, we're, let's go down. My mind shuts off when it's done. I'm trying to think, let's go to more on X. What's another egg about me? Probably this crusty car that we're riding around in. Okay. Like, I try to put a drink in here. We got trash. We have literally used paper towels, receipts, about 36 gum wrappers, bobby pins, hair clips, phone chargers, key holders, wallets. So that makes you feel icky about me? Vaseline, people, in the car. It's in the cold oh, shop season. These lips get chopped because it's cold. So why do you have to keep it in the cup holder? That's for cups. Okay, you're right, okay? Listen, gum. It's my turn. Ick about you. Okay. Honestly, you're an angel to me and I don't have any icks. Well, now I don't, I just feel bad. You should. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would say it, it would be that, get in the frame. I am in the frame, mama. That you can come across as insensitive. Is that right? I guess. Like, people might think you're rude and like for me, I'm like, no, I promise he's sweet and loving. He just can come across that way. You know, you're monotone to people. Devin just doesn't like my personality. That is not true. I freaking love you. I just told you I have no icks about you. Uh. Uh, so if you have never seen uh, the uh, X uh, TikTok, that that is it. And we thought we'd just do it right here, right now. Uh, you have been uh, married for how long? To Eight amazing years. Eight amazing years that you have. Eight amazing years to know the icks about each other. Uh, I heard some of them. I don't know what all of them are, but you get three each. Three icks about each other. Uh, what would they be? What, what would I you, can go uh, first. you want me to go first? I'll go That's first. quick. We're quick. You can go first. You can go first. I don't like feet. I don't know many people that do, but. What if you were like, who <laughs> likes feet? And there was a few people who were like, I like feet. I really like feet. I love it. <laughs> what kind of weirdos you got here, Alex? Uh, but Matt's toenails are the worst. I, I feel like sometimes if they get too close, they will legit Listen, cut I'm taking my shoes off right like, now, okay? They're not that bad. Like, I tell the Seriously. children to stay away from them because they're Guaranteed afraid they'll Guaranteed they're get not hurt. the worst feet in here. Someone's got worse feet for sure. I don't know. Here's, take the cake. That's one. That's one. Do I need to, you go. Oh, yeah, go we'll alternate. You, you go ahead. Alternate. Um, Lay it on me. Lisa puts her... Freaking hair in on the shower wall. Like, what is this? Why is oh this happening? 
And I go in there and I'm like, can you at least clean it up? Like, I go in there and it says it looks like, I don't know. And now I'm training Lucy, our five-year-old, to do the same thing. Oh too. my gosh. Here, baby, if it sticks, you just put it on the wall. That's fine. That's terrible. Um, this one is more about like who you are. And it's a great thing, but... <laughs> We're going there. We're... <laughs> Matt has no insecurities, and it is so annoying. He's like, he one of his strengths on Strength Finders, you know, I said we love personality assessments. Strength Finders, one of them is self-assurance, and so he has that. And so if ever there's a situation, I'm like, well, I don't know, babe. Do you think they, like, liked me? And they're like, yeah, of course. I don't know. I'm like, do you have anything like that? The no. one time I get insecure... Yeah is when I love cooking. I cook 99% of our meals. Um, and when so, sometimes I'll like put the food down and she'll take a bite and then she'll say something negative before she says something positive. Also, our hobbies like food, we're foodies. So it's normal for us to kind of like evaluate food, right? But uh, she'll say something negative and before she says something positive and then I feel insecure. About <laughs> that. That's my one insecurity. Oh. Okay, what else? Uh, okay, so... She drinks water all the time. Always has a water bottle with a her. A great but, thing to but, do. But, but, but when we're thing, at right? home, yeah, it's good, good, good. You drink water, it's great. But uh, <laughs> she'll be in the kitchen, and then she'll go sit down, and right when she sits down, she'll say, can you go grab me some water? And this happens all the time, and I'm like, did you not think about it until it's you true. literally I can't even, sat I don't down even have an argument on the couch? For it. And, like, I'm happy to get, now I feel like a jerk, but I'm happy to get you water. It just happens all the time. Move on, whatever. Was, what do you got? Uh, my last one. This is gross. What is this one? Matt doesn't dental floss his teeth. Oh, and my I, gosh. You just went too far. It's so <laughs> gross. I, like, do everything. I'm, like, I put, like, lines of, like, the dental, the flosser things, and I'm, like, hey, babe, you should just try to do that. I'm teaching our children how to do it. I just need support with it, but I just... I want you to dental floss your teeth. I do it from time to time, and I mouthwash from time to time. <laughs> uh, but I also have a pretty good record of brushing my teeth, and I don't think I've ever had a cavity. So it's true. It's true. I don't know. No rebuttal. Some people are just blessed. You know. I guess that's me. <laughs> Hashtag book. <laughs> last one. Last do one. I have last an, oh, um, if you can't think of anything, it's okay. Uh, I've got a list. I've got a list. Uh, actually, I can only think of one more. If you want to think about the last ick, I mean, the ick for me in that video is him rubbing her finger the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> that, dude, was a, that was gross. That was, that was my ick for that video. <laughs> I thought I'd just buy you some time for your last egg. <laughs> you know, everyone burps from time to time. And uh, Lisa will just burp from time to time. And it always, maybe it's more about me, it just catches me off guard every time. And I'm like, did you just burp? And she's like, yeah. And then she just goes on like nothing happened. And I don't know. It's just, I just, every time you do it, I'm like, did that just happen? And it does. It's true. So that's Nick. Those are those are your ex about each other. That's it. That's it. That's uh, it. And th- those are like the like the the funny things that you're like, oh, that that yeah. you know that those are like the the things that you would know about them, but you know nobody else maybe would, unless you're you know putting your feet up in the air for yeah. the toenails for everyone to see. No, but no, 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 uh, no. then it gets to the like the those are the funny things, and there's like the 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 hard things inside relationships. Um, tell us about like and, and walk us through uh, uh, seasons of your guys' marriage where you guys had to like really fight and choose joy. Uh, when you feel like our our marriage is not connecting or uh, something's off inside, uh, uh, I don't know, the way that we're parenting or the way that our life is, it's, it's go, go, go. Um, tell us and walk through maybe those seasons and how you had to fight and choose for joy. 
marriage is a beautiful and it's a grind and you have to choose commitment you have to choose honesty you have to choose um selflessness it's like anything else you have to do the things regularly that lead to health and part of that is learning how to have conflict if you think that uh the the person like if 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 your ideal person is someone who you won't have conflict with, then you're not looking for a real person. You know, like marriage is choosing who you're going to have conflict with for the rest of your life. And um, we've had to learn how to navigate that. And we've, we've learned that uh, in marriage, most of our arguments come back down to a few core things. And so learning how to listen to the other person, learning how to um, maybe listen before you speak and apologize um, there's, there's just a lot to it and you can't stop fighting, you know, you can't stop fighting for the health, even when it's like, man, we're on day three of arguments. Um, if you've got Jesus at the center and you're willing to, uh, serve the other person ahead of yourself, um, there's not much you can't get through, even if it's going to be tough when you're in those yeah. moments. Um, I think the thing that I trust is like, who we are individually. I know you are always going to seek Jesus and I'm going to always seek Jesus. And if we're doing that, then we'll be okay (laughs) together, you know? But if we get off on that individually, then of course that's going to affect our marriage. But, um, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's the thing for us. And I, and I think too, um, something that helps me probably more than you is just thinking about like every day, uh, just resetting, realigning, like going back to true north. And if I get off that day, it's like, okay, I'm just going to get off because, you know, gradually, if I don't keep checking that, it's just going to get further and further and further and start yielding. And, um, yeah, just going back to true north every day. Yeah. Marriages weren't meant to thrive um, in isolation. And so one of the things we've always had is um, real biblical community surrounding us in some, um, in some form or fashion of like people we can talk with and people who can pray with us. And if, if you're in a relationship, uh, it's serious, you're moving towards marriage or you're married in the room and you don't have other people praying for you, if you're not praying with other couples, if you're not uh, in this space where you're inviting other people in, if you've got like a sin temptation that's really prevalent for you in your life and no one else knows about it or you don't have an accountability partner or there's not a group of people for you praying uh, for you in that battle, like all those things are things that you set up to have a successful marriage. Um, And so we've always had some version of people in our corner and people we can go to, process, talk with about whatever we're walking through. So I I think a key to fighting for joy in marriage is you just don't do it alone. I mean, you don't do it in isolation. You do it in the community of faith with other people who can uh, help you follow Jesus better. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and and tell me about like you know obviously before you guys were married and and, and dating and uh, the seasons of life where you're single and uh, how do you you know be content in those seasons where sometimes it feels like uh, your singleness is a problem. Um, and, uh, and, and I, and I've talked to even other like older married couples and, and it feels like even for them, it's like, well, you're older, young adult and you're single, like, let me help you kind of fix the problem. 
and they feel like, well, the singleness is your problem. And, and, and so in those seasons, like maybe you are uh, in your mid-20s or late-20s and you're single, uh, that, that's like when, when that's hard. That, that, that's hard to be content and, and, and choose joy. Uh, walk us through those seasons when you're single and did thoughts ever come up and you're like, man, I just, this sucks. And my, I, my life is, I wish there was just somebody that I could do life with. Um, how did you choose to be content? Because what your favorite values are about each other is that, well, I know that you're going to pursue Jesus. Um, sometimes it's hard to pursue Jesus when you're just not joyful <laughs> yeah. um, or when you, you don't feel like you have that. So walk us through maybe those seasons of your life where that was, that was hard to be uh, content or joyful in those times. Well, if you're single, there's nothing wrong with you. There's a pretty strong biblical precedent that that's okay. Look at Jesus. He was single. Uh, Paul was single. Like, uh if it was a requirement to be a faithful follower of Jesus for you to be married, Jesus would have gotten married, right? And he didn't. Um, so there's nothing wrong about singleness and there's nothing wrong with you um, just because you're single. And I don't want to gloss over, though, that that can be a really difficult time. And the key is being obedient when you're single, Obedient to what God's asking you and then trusting in God's timing and God's provision for you. And so uh, a focus on being obedient to what God's asking, um, which means don't settle for something that God's not calling you to, you know, or someone that God's not calling you to. And I think for me, I don't know, I didn't, um, my, my journey, uh, my past is checkered, man. Like uh, I was the prodigal son and... I had a lot of struggles, and even when I was following Christ in college and trying to figure out how to put my life back together from some early dumb mistakes, um, once I got to the season of, like, I really want to be married, um, I started to put the things in place to to become the kind of person I needed to be, um, but I still didn't walk that road um, in the most healthy way. Uh, last thing I'll say, then you have probably better thoughts than me. I think in singleness, and this is what helped me move in um, the direction I think God wanted for me, focus more on who you're, uh, who you're becoming than who you're trying to find. God will honor that. And I can't promise you that he'll honor it with a spouse down the road, but I can't promise you um, he's faithful to his word to um, provide for you in whatever ways are really best for you. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I mean I mentioned before I I had I have daddy issues, right? So then there's this huge void in me of attention and I was attention seeking and um and thought I could find fulfillment in a boyfriend husband. Um and I think when I was actually in the residency here at Tolstone, uh I have it the deconstruction era of my life. Um is when I started realizing I had that tendency and wanting to find fulfillment and validation. And um, and then God slowly and kindly and firmly showed me that I just was making an idol out of marriage, putting it on a pedestal, and I had to slowly um, and faithfully surrender that to God and just say, man... This is something that I, I remember in the residency, I was idolizing marriage. So I was like, okay, I'm doing this stuff, but like, I'm going to get married and be a wife and, you know, do whatever wives do. <laughs> and, 
And then God's like, no, no, Lisa, I have something for you. Like, I have leadership in you that you don't even know. And I have kingdom work that you don't even see. I have a voice in you that you need to sing. And um, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, because this might not ever come. Like, marriage might not ever come, but all this other stuff that you've put in me, that's what I can control. That's what I'm responsible for. That's what I'm empowered to do. And so I think once I, you know, and it was, like, totally a crossfade, you know, um, and then, like, truly, once I surrendered that, I had a freedom, and, yeah, I think then I was like, oh, wow, yeah, now I'm becoming the person that I want to be for a husband, if that's what God would ever have for me. You reminded me of something when you said you make marriage an idol. Um, you know, when you're a follower of Christ, he is redeeming you from the inside out, and he's aligning you with his purposes and his priorities, but you still have another operating system inside of you. And I heard this from a sermon recently, I didn't make this up, but um, this guy called it the flesh operating system. And it's the sinful nature that's still in you. And what that does, as those two things inside of you are waging war, the fleshly part of you, and I don't mean the physical, I, I mean the flesh, the sinful nature inside of us that we were all born into, that Christ is crucified but redeeming us over time, that takes good things, like wanting to be married, which is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with desiring that. And puts it into the very center of your heart and makes it an ultimate thing. And makes it the thing that you define yourself by. That's when you can't stand under the pressure of not being married. Because you've, made it, you've replaced God with this thing. And what God wants you to do is put that back in its proper perspective and say, put me in the very center and then uh, that's more aligned with kingdom purposes than putting anything else in the very center. So I think that's what you mean when you say make an idol. I've literally made an idol and I'm bowing down to this vision or version of my life that I think's best and I think's most fulfilling. It's not a bad thing to pray for that, want that, and even uh, pursue that. It's just bad when it becomes the main thing because it's bad for your heart, you know? That's what it means to, to make something an idol. So how are you guys, like, inside of uh, either dating or married? Like, we got people that are married in this room. We got people that are dating in this room. We got people that are uh, engaged in this. So we got people that are in different stages of life. Um, you know, uh, how have you walked through maybe seasons where it was like you just have a default to be negative? Like, there, uh, some people, is like maybe their, their natural default is, like, to be negative. Um, you know, uh, I, I found myself doing this the other day. You know, I was like, it was a... Uh, just a, it was a long hard day and then I, I was like driving home and there's this truck stop that's you know up by my house and uh, and I was just like, getting negative about some some truck stop and all the trucks are backed up and I'm like you guys are so dumb like go park in the parking lot like uh, and I was like well I like it's not even your fault it's not even your problem like I'm just I was so negative from whatever I was coming from that like it had this default and uh, what you guys keep hitting on is uh, like leaning into community but you but what you're not saying is like put everything in one person and uh, and and Sometimes it's hard. Maybe it's like a blind spot for uh, people that are navigating young adult years of like they're confiding everything inside their marriage. So you guys talk about not making an idol. Uh, and, and maybe we, you know people that like once they start dating, they just kind of disappear off the face of the earth. You don't ever see them again. Um, or like even inside marriage, you know, that like people got married and then they just disappear. Um, how have you like uh, leaned on each other but not idolized each other? 
um, in that sense where, uh, hey, you know what, like I, we're a team and uh, we need to work this together, um, but you uh, chose to overcome negativity or being pessimistic or um, you're like trying to use community around you um, to help you move forward, but not confiding everything in one person, if that makes sense. You want me to go? That was a loaded question. That was like too much. You like know? You Sometimes like, my questions are too much. You, know? you asked like eight questions. Yeah, I did. It was, like, it was like the pizza you get where it's like <laughs> extra cheese, extra sauce, and you're like, it yeah. was just too yeah, much yeah. for me, you know? Uh, <laughs> so take no, some no, time to think it's on good. it. But. Um, I think with, start with like kind of overcoming pessimism or negativity. Um, there's a healthy amount of just like sometimes... Uh, yeah, you get kind of overloaded and you need healthy ways to process and uh, cope with things that truly may be negative. Like if, if, if you're frustrated at someone for their parking spot or, and there's something in your soul, right, you need, not you, but. Um, <laughs> it's just therapy for me. You guys can just yeah, look at phone or something. Look at X on your phone. This is, uh, I mean, if you can identify your negativity or your pessimism as sinful and not of God, you need to repent. And you say, God, I'm sorry. Can you help change me? It's that simple. And God will say, yeah, you're good. I'll help change you, right? But it's like repentance is, that's like a biblical answer of if it's a sinful negativity, um, then repent and ask God to help. But there are things like life just gets so overloaded. Long day at work. A lot of things happen. There are some challenges. There are some obstacles. And um, I was talking with my buddy Zach about this the other day, like, just being able to um, find healthy ways to process the heavy load. Like, is it you go talk with some friends? For me, I'm Enneagram 7. Uh, when I've been sitting in hard for a long time, I need to go have fun. Like, and just, that's how I get, that's how I healthily process maybe what could have been a frustrating or heavy day. I need to go bowling or something. I don't ever bowl. I don't know why I said bowling. <laughs> I just Why was that the first thing that came <laughs> yeah. to your mind? I don't know. Uh, I just, I have to go do something fun. That's the way I, in a healthy way, process some of the tough things that may come up. Um, so that's with the negativity kind of pessimism stuff. But I lean more optimistic and positive, so you might have a better answer. You lean negative. a little bit more realist, yeah. as you would I'm say. Yeah, I'm a realist. I'm not negative. <laughs> realist. Um, Man, ooh, yeah, when I got that question, I was like, how do I overcome all my negativity? Uh, man, I just hate being cliche, but cliche is cliche for a reason. I, I feel like um, what I've been doing recently is when I am negative, when I think negative thoughts towards my wonderful husband, I just think, what am I grateful for about him? And I, like, force myself to, to think of those things. And honestly, it gets easier with time. It's like a muscle that you're exercising, right? And um, when you start having kids, you get extra, for me, I get extra sensitive to the crap that I display, you know? Like, oh, my gosh, I'm modeling this, like, terrible terrible stuff. And so now I'm like, okay, Lucy, what are you going to be grateful for? You know? And, uh, so it holds me even more accountable, but, um, yeah, I mean, again, I know that's like cliche, like what are you grateful for? But truly it's like, okay, I'm really pissed at him because he's like leaving his clothes on the floor. Man, I could relate to that. I do that. Yeah. And, and then I think, you know, I'm grateful that I can serve him because he makes me 
everything I eat. He makes every meal for me, you know? But um, it's true. I did make eggs this morning. You didn't know that, but I did make some eggs. <laughs> One time, like a year ago, uh, Lisa was making eggs in the morning, and our <laughs> five-year-old, at this time she was four, she walks in the kitchen and says, Mom, what are you doing? And uh, <laughs> Lisa said, I'm making eggs, baby. And she said, girls don't cook. <laughs> We're flipping the gender norms, okay? Right, We're flipping baby. them on their heads, <laughs> all right? But yeah, I think, I think that. And then you asked another part, and I can't remember what the question was specifically, but something about... Uh, something about how do you not uh, put everything on your spouse? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, part of that is that you... I have a hard time with you sometimes, and I can't talk to you always about yeah. that. And so um, I think talking to other women who are fighting for their marriage and, you know, all those things like that. But um, And something that I'm really passionate about is going to the generation who has gone before. And what do they know? What mm-hmm. What has been their That's experience? Good. Like, good. tell me what you know, because... You've lived something I haven't. You've seen something I haven't. And uh, just gleaning wisdom in that way is really valuable to me. And I feel like a lot of people don't, don't do that as much as they probably should. Mm-hmm. So. And this is, this is the last question. I just want to wrap everything up uh, with a little bit of a, a bow with this. Um, and, and every season, what are, uh, like, what's the scripture passage that has kept you anchored? Uh, this is the thing that um, in every season, no matter good, bad, like this is the thing that's kept you anchored. Uh, to, to keep fighting or choosing joy. Maybe it's a life verse. Maybe it's just uh, uh, something that you come back to, God spoke to you through, and you had a big encounter. What is, what is that for you? Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And um, I have been broken a few times in my life, and... Those are some of the sweetest moments where I cling to in my faith journey. And I look back and I have experienced the presence of God in those moments because I have been so broken. And I just find that so true. And as a pastor, it's like I get to, I've lived that, I've experienced, but I get to encourage other people in that. You know, if you are going through a broken season, there is a sweetness about the presence of God that you can encounter only in that season. And yeah, I stand on it. I cling to it. I encourage others with that. It's an, it is an anchor. It's an anchor for my soul. Yeah, a mentor of ours uh, said that in, in like the hardest seasons, you don't have to enjoy it to have joy. Like it's not saying that, oh, things are hard. You should enjoy it but it's saying there's a deeper joy that's available to you where, like Paul, he said, I've learned to be content in all circumstances. Uh, and he's saying that from a jail cell. And he said, I um, can have plenty and I can have nothing. And then he said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And he's not talking about his own accomplishments. He's talking about, I can be okay no matter what, Um, Because I have access and availability to a power beyond myself, a hope beyond what I can see, a trust deeper than what I could put together. And uh, I think one of the verses I go back to, it's in Romans, it's Romans 8, 28. And to me, it's so comforting uh, that God works all things for good 
for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I love the whole of that verse. God is always working in your circumstance. Um, it's for your good, but it's according to his purpose. So uh, what is his purpose? That's the lead thing there. And then whether I think it or not, it's not what I want, it's what's for my good. And God weaves those together in every circumstance. Uh, he's always working for your good and his glory at the same time. And it's like when things happen, when the storms come, when I can't explain things logically, what's happening in front of me, I can sit back on those truths. I mean, God's active. He's doing something. I've seen him do it before. He's doing something now, and I can't predict the future, but he's got something good in mind. That's his nature. That's always running in the background. And so I kind of stick to, to that. Yeah, fall back on that. Well, thank you guys for, for sharing. Thank you guys for being here. Can we get up for Matt and Lisa yep, sure. uh, for being here tonight? Thank you guys so much. Um, and we just got a chance just to hear a little bit of their story, what God's done in them, how God's worked in them, how they've had to choose to fight for joy and singleness and dating and marriage and, and through hard seasons, through uh, just loss or through uh, just trying the day-to-day grind of, of, of life. And and uh, that's that's kind of their story, but I know you got a story. And I know that there's some of you in this room that you're just like, you're working things out. There, you're, you're, feel like you're on the back burner of your calling and you don't know how to have joy in the season of your life because you don't know what God's really asked you to do. You don't feel like you're in that yet. Maybe you're walking through grief or sorrow uh, or loss. Uh, maybe you're uh, in this room and, and, and you're single and it's, it's hard to be content in this stage of your life. Maybe you're battling hard things inside your marriage right now. Maybe there's things inside your job and you're like, it's just, it's so easy to be negative, to be pessimistic. And and I just thought we'd share this verse with you. And we're gonna jump back into, into worship. In fact, I just want you to stand as I as I read this verse. Um, this verse, it, it really challenged me. <laughs> this verse has challenged me today. It challenged me when I read it earlier on and, and I hope it challenges and encourages you. It's in 1 Thessalonians uh, 5. It says, rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. So when we sing, when we worship, we rejoice. And I love how he says it, that we rejoice always. It's not rejoice because I felt like today was good. It's not rejoice because I feel like my marriage is good. It's not rejoice because I finally got the thing that I prayed for, or I just, I rejoice because the season of my life is great but I rejoice always because it's what God deserves. Like this, this is what God deserves. And, and I thought we'd just kind of end and we just wrap it with worship because as we listen to their story, I know that you have a story. And you might not, people know your story. There might be things that you're like, I just, on a deep soul level, there are things that I just wrestle and I battle and I struggle with. And really our response is, in, is inside of worship that God unlocks something that maybe the thing that you're wanting to pray for, it's not to bring you a happiness, but it's actually on the journey through hard seasons. God wants to establish true joy. That's a foundation. It's a foundation that never shakes. It's a foundation that never goes away. But in every season, whether it's summer season for you or winter season for you, you can stand on a solid ground and just sing and with gratitude. So that's what we're gonna do. Our response is worship. You might be in this room and you're like, my life is great. Your response is worship. You might be in this room and your life is horrible. Your response is worship. 
It's being full and filled with gratitude. So before we kind of step into this moment, maybe you gotta posture yourself differently right in this moment, right here, right now. You gotta worship differently than, you, than you've had. Maybe you gotta tell your heart to be awakened by God's love again. You have to remind yourself that God is good. God is working things out. God is for you. God is going to do immeasurably more than what you're ever praying or asking for, but our response is gratitude. And so I just wanna pray over you. It was a challenge to me this week and, and I wanted it to be a little bit of a challenge for you. So God, I just, we just lift up your name and God, we just, we, we come to you. God, we come to you grateful. I love what Matt said. He said, sometimes you don't have to enjoy it, but to have joy doesn't mean that we enjoy everything. God, we might be not enjoying life right now. We might be having a hard time. We might be navigating hard things inside relationships. And God, I pray that you would just awaken us, God. This is why we came. We didn't come to just get a program. We came, God, to encounter your presence. God, joy comes from you. Joy is found in your presence. And so, God, I pray in this moment, God, as we worship you, that, God, we would encounter your presence. And, God, we'd be overwhelmed by the joy that you have to offer. It's a joy that really does surpass any understanding. That in the hardest seasons, we can still say that you're good. We can still worship you. We can still praise you. And so, God, I pray that you would move in our hearts in this moment. We don't pray for a future day, God, we pray for right now. We pray for right here and right now in the room. God, would you help us, God, have joy. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. To stay connected with C12, make sure to follow us on Instagram at C12stone. One of the best ways to get connected with others and grow in your relationship with God is jumping into a small group. To sign up for small groups, go to 12stone.com slash small groups and search college. We hope to see you next week.